0: Everybody. welcome back to another episode of the Retail Adventures podcast with Kaiser Bender and Baum. As always, I am the Baum in Kaiser Bender and Baum, and my co-host, Rich Kaiser, George M. Bender. How are you guys doing?
1: Hey, we're doing great. Good to be with you, Jason.
2: Happy fall, and with hey, us, guys. with us, our international guests. We have Jared- uh, yes, ah, hey,
1: hey, hey. uh, yes. Hello, everyone.
2: Singapore. And Ian Scott from the UK. Oh, as nice. you know, we met during um, the retail transformation program that we put together, and we decided that we just hit it off so well that now the five of us needed to do this on a on a monthly basis to talk about what's going on in the world. And and that's we needed. just want to talk
0: to Jeremy at two in the morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what time is it for you?
3: Uh, it's it's ten uh, thirty. That's night. He's got another four oh, yeah, hours early. to go yet yeah, before he needs to
2: worry about <laughs> sleep. That's easy. Yes. <laughs> no, time you know, for supper. Noon was going to be midnight. Yeah. That's the, one thing, that's the one thing that sucks if you're do, doing business with a bunch of different countries because you never know what the time zone is. <laughs>
3: yeah, it is. But it's good. It's good. It's all good.
2: It's having good. fun here. And we see Baramy up there in the yeah. corner. There you go. Looking down. Watching over us. Giving us
1: guidance. You know, the thing that's cool about these discussions really is that uh, we have a lot of fun and it's unique that we can do this. But the second thing about it is, is that we're finding that there's so much of a similarity between all the countries and retail and what people are up against that we're finding more and more solutions when we talk to you guys about issues and uh, George, you and I have probably spent hours, well, probably not hours, hours after one, but at least 45 minutes, just talking about what you guys were saying mm. versus what we kind of heard for the first time. And wow, you know what? Watch for this. And, you know, we're seeing things come together because it's all happening in one big globe. I have to
2: say this, I have to say this before we get started. Every time Jason, who lives on the East Coast, comes to Chicago, where Rich and I are, we go to dinner at Harry Perry's restaurant. Huh? Guys, you're rocking some heavy, hairy glasses today.
1: <laughs> 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 does, yeah. like
2: <laughs> Look at this.
1: Now watch. Yeah. Wait a minute. Boom.
0: No. He's showing us he can take on and off his glasses right now. That's
1: really
4: good.
0: He's very good at that. Very good. Wow. Is that That was like a magic trick they did. They disappear. come with
1: a little square case. It's really cool.
2: I, I can't even believe you can do that by yourself. You guys to- <laughs> <laughs> you know, are was. He was the announcer for the Cubs baseball team, and he was known for giant glasses
0: and, a, and so a terrific uh, voice. I wish Rich could do a, a Harry Carey impression. And
1: an, and an appetite for beer. <laughs> yeah he was always drunk
0: yeah oh, almost which sometimes uh, he had on air
2: <laughs> that's
1: the, the best anyway Carey. Okay. so what's happening in the There's-
2: world kids jason get us started dude
0: uh okay so what's happening in the world more coronavirus um europe is starting to heat up again uh that's what i read this morning and uh the u.s is still going although it's down i'm um, it was Uh, But schools are opening uh, here in New Jersey, where we've been stuck in phase two for, I think, like six months. Uh, We're now opening up uh, restaurants for indoor dining at 25% capacity, movie theaters, gyms, and schools all at once. So fingers crossed. Um, But there's a plan. They at least have a plan. And, um, you know, buildings have to have a certain amount of airflow. Um, Like I said, the uh, capacity is 25%, and there's a lot of, um, I guess, fear from the business owners that if they don't comply, that um, our governor's gonna shut them down because he's already done that once. Um, And I think a lot of these, yeah, I think a lot of these governors, um, or some of these governors have been making political moves that aren't, they're, they're making moves that aren't necessarily politically going to help them in the long run um but in some states like New Jersey we've just been going straight down um you know the rate of infection is like 0.7 right now so not even a, a person to person so um those states are doing well and then the states that haven't been doing that are obviously not doing well um covid i read this morning is throwing quite a curveball in the hiring process of undergrads um and so we're kind of seeing here in the U.S. what happened back in the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, when is Gen that people are, sorry?
2: For Gen Xers when they couldn't find jobs?
0: Yeah, more like, I think it was more millennials um, that were coming out of college at that time. Uh, they were basically going back to grad school um, and getting a, a graduate degree or um, you know, something like that. So, or at pursuing further education, because it's going to be slim pickings in the job market. That's already, um, I mean, we've, we've obviously seen that with the unemployment rate here.
2: Yeah, exactly. um, and
0: that's global now, too.
2: Now you read a lot about college educations. Don't, they're nice to have, but they don't matter as much as they did in the past. So you got to wonder they're too expensive. You got to wonder how many people will go back and do them. The government here, A couple of months ago said that unless it's for a specific kind of job it's no longer required to have a college degree to work for the government. I think think that's
4: common I mean I I was arguing about this on LinkedIn the other day Um, I saw an advert where people were specifically asking for the top tier university graduates to apply for a job that to be honest didn't necessarily require it wasn't like you're trying to be a doctor Um, and, and there's been a lot of questioning about it I mean we had a bit of a scandal here in the last few weeks where the school exams, uh, they couldn't sit the final exams. So what they did was apply an algorithm to calculate the final grades. And there was uproar because the algorithm downgraded what yeah. the teachers, what the actual teachers had predicted the students were going to get. And there was a complete U-turn on both, um, both. I, I, mean, I don't know, the American equipment, maybe your high school diploma level, what we call the GCSEs. And also the A-levels, which are what people do between 16 and 18, which are basically the grades that get you into university. And the government has done a complete U-turn because the algorithm wasn't calculating things properly. So you've now got an issue where some universities are now stuck with more people accepted onto courses than there are places. So they're offering financial incentives to defer for a year. It's an absolute mess. Now they're saying the first semester you, we need to do from home. And and you know the students are in uproar because they know that probably the first semester and the first year are probably the most fun bit where it's more about fun and drinking and less about actually
0: <laughs> to study. What are you talking about? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go to university myself, so I, I I've heard about <laughs> this from friends, um, <laughs> and I visited the parties without having to do the work. But 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 it's. But you, you're seeing this, you know, this year, there's almost, it's almost like you're wiping the slate clean and having to start from, from scratch. It's, it's a real shame for... I mean, my daughter's just finished doing an art course, a graphic design course. She had four unconditional offers from universities to study graphic design, and she decided to give it a miss. She says, I would rather get a job yeah. and build my portfolio than go to university, which doesn't sound as appealing, and as we all know, carries a huge debt into future life as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what's so interesting, back in 2009, I was working for an association for um, financial, uh, for CFOs, and lots of smart money guys, I mean, and women, and I was at a presentation with a really senior, um, senior guy from one of the major banks, one of the um, big four banks here, And I can't remember which one doesn't really matter. And he basically was saying back then in 2009, you know, I have a son who's who's coming up. He's like 17. and We're looking at colleges. And he's like, but I did the math. And he's like, right now, if I just gave my son what the average cost of an Ivy League education is, which is close to half a million dollars. With room and board and education and books and all the expenses of college. He's like, if I just gave him a loan for $500,000 and said, this is for you to get started in your career, open a business, do something like that. He's like, do you know how much money he could probably make in those four years just getting his, his, um, experience level up He's like, I think that's the better bet than going to college right now.
2: My sister. And I don't think it's changed. My <laughs> sister's niece, um, their family lived in Hong Kong for a while, and she works for a company called Snow Monkey. Have you heard of that? It's this really good kind of ice cream-like superfood. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the girl who started that, her father gave her a lot of money and said, you have a year to create a business. And so this girl with her two friends have created this amazing business. And now they did go to school and they have, you know, a gazillion degrees and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I think about it, it's a lot of money.
4: It is, it is, it's, a bit, it's a big, it's a big challenge. And, 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 and I think a lot of people are questioning whether the degree will help you. There are certain classic jobs where the degree is the route in, you know, lawyers right. and, and medical profession and things like that. But a lot of other routes you know, like my daughter with the graphic design, you know, spending three years building up her portfolio will probably position her two or three years ahead in her career than if she did a degree. I'm not decrying the degree because there are a lot of other benefits, but that's an industry that works off you presenting the experience you have, which is more likely to get you a job than than a qualification. And I'm sure that applies to a lot of other positions as well.
1: I think a lot of a, a college degree people you know, a business degree, my business, I have a business degree. And, uh, I, you know, when I got out in the business world, when I got out of college and finally landed a job, uh, because in those days, I couldn't get an interview. I mean, it was impossible, you pay for it. But, uh, but I now I tell my friends, if, if you're going to, if you're not going to be uh, licensed, or a, some kind of a test to practice what you do, or to prove what you do, get a lot of competition out there. So those people set aside, they don't. But the people that come out of college with a with a generic not not a generic but like a business degree or whatever yeah. do not do not mean anything to a business mm-hmm. about their knowledge of business, but what it does mean is they have the ability to learn they at yeah. least went and did it, so now we can teach them from the ground what we really need so I think a more mm-hmm. characteristic degree versus then a you know a, a specific degree that uh, is important, and I think that's really
2: important to people that are hiring today. My parents said, "Get the hell out of the house and go get a job." And thank God, I walked into a retail store, a department store, and not a chain store, where they taught me everything from the ground level. From the ground level up, but that was she was serious. My mother said, "Don't come back until you get a job." Before, <laughs> of course, you,
3: you guys you guys know that it's completely different in in asia right no what like is like a a degree is like a minimum because everyone has one and if you don't yeah. have one you know there are there are just ceilings that you can't hit in terms of pay and kind of a job scope and especially yeah, for singapore yeah especially for singapore if you are going into a government job they go by they go by the paper qualifications that's the that's the basic minimum before they even see you so okay. it's completely different here yeah but I, i'm guessing a lot of that's gonna change, you know, how, how Covid turned everything upside down, you know. You know, it's yeah. like it's like how it's like how when young girls are uh, my age back then, you know, everyone wants to be a, a SIA, SQ girl, but look, where's where's that now? Nobody's flying. What so you can't be SQ girl. Uh Singapore Airlines girl.
2: Singapore Airlines,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, flight attendant. So Stewardess. Stewardess, Okay, so we're, we're, all speak, we're all
4: speaking English using completely right. different words. Oh, well, no, no.
2: Hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. Stewardesses. Stupid, yes. hey. I'm just going to put this out that I'm sure Jeremy has 8,000 more degrees than all of us combined. But, yes.
3: No. You know? No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's,
2: just it's funny. Like, yes, I'm No. am no, It's. Sure I do. It's, no, it's, he, it's, he hasn't.
4: That's why he's slumming it on podcasts now instead of being a CEO of a big corporate <laughs> national business. Who
2: <laughs> wants to do that anymore? Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about since we're on the, the topic of flight attendance, Let's talk about travel. I have hit. I have hit a wall, and the wall that I have hit is. It's, we're six months into this now. I can't stay home anymore. <laughs> it's making me insane. And I have everything that I want here and kids and grandkids, and I'm, di- I'm dying to travel again, but every place I want to go is a ghost town still. So it's kind of not a, not a point.
3: Can I just, can I just chime in first? So you guys who are in the States and UK, please don't complain because Singapore is so tiny. I got nowhere to go to. You guys at least can travel within the country. Right, mm. And I think uh, yeah. I hear my colleagues in, mm. in, in Europe who are flying to Spain and different vacation mm. spots during summer, I've got nowhere to go. They can't get it's back to Singapore. You know,
4: the, 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 Br- yeah? the British was annoying everyone because any country that has 20 cases per 100,000 of population, we're imposing two week quarantines and they're doing it overnight. So in yeah. August, people were flying out to Spain, halfway through the holiday, there was a quarantine being imposed. Oh, um, and I had, I, had a, I had an Italian friend, who lives here and he drove to Italy, to Tuscany for the summer. And by the time he was ready to drive back, Spain, France, Belgium, and Holland all had quarantine imposed. So he drove up through Germany. I don't know how well you know the geography of Europe. He drove all the way up through Germany, right to the top. And then he was allowed to get through France as long as he didn't stop and get out of the car. And he had his, he had his teenage niece with him and she needed to go to the toilet and he says, it must be a record. They drove through four countries before she actually got <laughs> <laughs> Because they're going, you can't get out of the car. And they, managed, they went on the tunnel, the Euro tunnel that goes under the, 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 the water from France to UK, and they were able to get back. But he said it was like planning a military operation because our government, the moment any country... 20 cases per 100,000 of population. They're just imposing the quarantine. And all of the tourist authorities yeah. in these countries are going crazy because it's just ruining their holiday trip.
2: Ruining everything.
4: Yeah, I saw, I saw we it. have
0: that in the States too, though. We have that in yeah. the States as well. Uh, New Jersey, for example, I think there are up to like 35 states that are on the quarantine list that you can't come to New you Jersey don't. unless you sub quarantine. My brother is in North Carolina. If he wants to come up and visit, he's got to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. So, So how many days? How many weeks do you need to take off before you can actually have a visit? It's you can't. You can't do that. You can't have your uh, holidays.
1: Jason, if he were to drive, he could take back roads and, right? I mean, they don't have, you know. No, they're tracking
2: you with your phone. Turn phone off. They're they're tracking you with the GPS on your phone. They know. They know (laughs) when you go into a. Oh, they lost (laughs) one
4: last time.
0: What is a conspiracy (laughs) theory time?
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think the last time we chatted, I just had uh, lockdown imposed on my city right.
2: at the yeah. time. Yeah.
4: Well, my friend, he, he lived 400 metres outside the lockdown zone, and it was just before he was leaving for Italy. And he goes, right, we're leaving a day early, I'm going before they just include me in the zone. I mean, it's, it's, it was almost mm-hmm. like World War Two with the Germans invading, you know, people trying to get out before the panzer tanks arrived. It was just crazy absolutely crazy to to sort of see how people around the Leicester area and my my bit fortunately has been released because we were on the Virtually no cases on my side of the city But there's still another two weeks to go before they're reviewing it in the city. It's um, So it's very I mean it's to my view. It's sensible to Localize and 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 try and stop problems, but it does make it very difficult to plan ahead I'm thinking of going to London on Thursday my first time in london since february which is a big thing for me so i used to go weekly uh, but i'm gonna drive down to the edge and then risk taking the underground to get in because i'm not i'm not sitting on a train you know but uh, i'm not quite sure what to expect so i'm gonna go and, and go and do a review of what the heck is going on in london since yeah. i was there last there nine well, seven months ago
2: getting down city, there
4: makes me nervous
2: our big city is chicago mm and no one's going to Chicago now because you probably are going to be shot. I mean they, they announced this morning that there's an FBI probe because the gangs in Chicago have all banded together and if they see a policeman with their gun drawn they are shooting the policeman. So it's just
4: wow. we've been, we've wow. been three times. Is this, is this a reaction to the re- recent police shootings is it?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. it's, a, it's a reaction to a lot of things. It's crazy. I, I think yeah. that the violence feeds violence.
2: And we have yes. all these stores now that have been looted two and three times, and some of the independents aren't going to reopen. And all the designer shops that get cleaned out completely I mean, they're even taking fixtures. You know, leave we'll it on for something. Wow. We don't know if these stores are going to come back to the city, but they're the stores that pay all of our taxes. Yeah. So it's 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 bad. Well, that's
0: a big story in cities across the country: is the mass exodus outside of cities, basically in new york city what we're seeing is and and the surrounding um boroughs everybody's leaving to the point where like even jerry seinfeld penned an op-ed i think that was in either the times um that was basically like the city's not dead don't leave but um you know i have very good friends who are leaving brooklyn um after saying they would never leave the city um but this Push them over the edge. I think is this, this like this permanently moving ext-
4: away or just going away short term. Permanently, permanently. Nope. Wow. buying a
0: house in the burbs and buying leaving, and that's everyone is doing it. And I live in the burbs, I grew up in the suburbs outside of uh, New York City, um, so this is normal for me to live here. I, I didn't really envision there was a period of time where I might have lived in the city, but then but um, that's not really how I lived. Now they're all coming here. My home price is going straight <laughs> up, um, but for them, they're saving money because they're leaving. Uh, they're yeah. leaving the city, so it's this crazy dynamic. And then, what's it going to do to local businesses in places like Brooklyn? That's not meant. That's not Midtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, what's What's that going to do? So
2: New York's a ghost town they- right now, though, right? Isn't it pretty empty everywhere? You
0: not can- as much. No. no, not as much anymore. It's come back. You know, we've done a really good job, and are I think we're really proud of what we've done in the Northeast of the United States. At least, you know, we've we have done our job. Um, <laughs> I just wish the rest of this country would do theirs. Um, and you should see the results in New York and New Jersey. They speak That's for good. themselves.
2: Jeremy, yeah. you okay, so Singapore's got a better handle on all of this than we do, because you guys were wearing masks before, and people are comfortable, and Let's talk about let's talk about what the retail experience is like right now in each of the areas where we live. So, I, I, I'm you're you're gonna go out and go shopping to a mall or a shopping district. What's it like now?
3: It's it's pretty much it's pretty much uh, I would say it's kind of like you know back to normal. Just that the traffic's a little bit uh, not as much, but. It really feels, um, you know, back to normal. People's just gotten used to having the mask and, you know, doing the scan before going into shops, before going into uh, shopping malls. Um, yeah, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm currently still working from home. I don't go and shop that much, but um, it just feels like, you know, when I do my traveling, sometimes um, uh, for you know medical appointments and stuff like that, it just feels like things are back to normal. Just that. Probably with a slightly um, lesser count of cars and people around workplaces, right? Um, Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same now. I feel, yeah.
2: I kind of think that here too. I mean, I go to stores and there's they some stores take your temperature, some stores only let some people in, you know, a little at a time. There's still sanitation stations because those are mandated. People are wearing masks. People are. Fighting. Some people are fighting wearing masks and it gets really ugly in some stores. Um, To the point where in Illinois, our governor has come out and said, um, it's a felony if you harass a retail person who asks you to put on your mask. Felony. So
4: so do you have that? Because we have, the government has said you must wear masks in store, but the store operators, I don't know whether they've been told or decided, they do not enforce it. They do here. Not here. Ah, we don't, we, we, I, I had one. I, I, went, I went into a Costa Coffee, which is the British well, yeah. Coca-Cola-owned Starbucks equivalent now. And I forgot my mask. But I walked in. They said, excuse me, sir, you forgot your mask. So they, they didn't even, It wasn't about refusing. It was reminding. And I, I genuinely forgot. So I went back to my car and I got it and came back in. But then there was a QR code for the track and trace. And I couldn't make it work on my phone. But this was on a card on the table when I sat down. And I couldn't make it work, so I didn't use it. And there was no follow-up on the track and trace, So there was a reminder, a track and, you know.
0: Yeah, can we stop there? Because track and trace, so that's something that's unique um, to most countries except the United States right now. Again, we're just so advanced, we're the richest country in the world and we can't do simple things like that, that Apple and Google basically set up for everybody. To
2: First be able to do, so the GPS thing, it's contact system.
4: tracing. thing yeah, you basically. Using sort of, I mean, J- Jeremy may know better because it's more established yeah. there. But it, you scan in so that yeah. if there's an outbreak and it's traced to, say, it's that coffee room. shop, they know who right. else has been there and I, they can contact you.
3: I
1: remember Jeremy talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what amazing. we do. It amazed me, amazed yeah. yeah. me. So we, but again, it's it, you, it's mandatory
4: where you are, isn't it, Jeremy? Whereas it's just yes. it's random. That's the only it's place I've seen it.
3: Is a coffee? It's shop. I mean, if if you don't scan, you don't get in anywhere. So you yeah. have to you have to do that. And and well most will check, and sometimes even going through the more inside specific shops, they will they will try. Of course, some more stringent than others, mm. some even take temperature, uh, but you will have to scan in for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah our, we don't our, have that as a country. I think there's the problem is here, because like how, how it presented for you, Ian, you forgot your mask not accusatory there's no there's nothing behind the the accusation it's not an accusation it's just a reminder here it's been so politicized and it is such a um uh, polarizing topic wearing a mask it's so silly because it literally has nothing to do with politics but we've made it everything to do with politics um that starts up top unfortunately for us um that I feel like any preventative measure for this virus is going to be politicized, like contact tracing. Contact mm-hmm. tracing is against our liberties, our freedom, the mm-hmm. founding principles of this country, when in reality, it's we're just trying to find out where the outbreaks are. But we have to politicize on. it.
2: You know, I got to get like the old lady thing that you wear around your neck, you know, to like hang your glasses. I got to get the, <laughs> my mask. I put a. Picture of Rich and I up on inst- on Instagram, and I had um, my mask under my neck, mm. and a woman just blasted us. <laughs> Don't put it under your chin. That's the worst yeah. thing you can do. It's for- it is. Yeah. Why? Mm.
4: You get. I mean, well, I, I posted, a review, of different, I, I posted yeah. a review of different masks. Um, and see, my wife's a pharmacist. So yeah. I talked to her and, and I just think the world's going to end because she has this absolute pragmatic view of why we're not doing things right. I mean, we, she attended a, a big Zoom call from our local health authority a few weeks ago when they were talking about how they're going to prepare the schools for when our kids go back. And they proudly showed this this liquid that they're going to use. And my wife goes... That kills ninety-nine percent of bacteria. And they went, yes. And she goes, This is a virus. Virus. Will not do anything. <laughs> and our county or our, they couldn't have state in America, our state health authority within 48 hours had changed their policy because my wife contacted them going, I'm a pharmacist, <laughs> I'm working on the viral infections in the hospital. This liquid you're using won't make any difference. And so they changed it. <laughs>
2: No. You know, we like, your wife we, is a
4: superhero. It's just crazy. So, you know, I think I'm doing okay. Then I talk to her and I realize I'm utterly useless <laughs> and I'm going to kill it because I'm not doing the right thing. Can
2: okay, you know, I she have goes- to ask you something, though? So, all these sprays and crap that I'm buying that say 99% kill bacteria? That's useless. It's a virus. You're not going to kill the coronavirus? You need- she, she
4: gave me the No, a you link need the alcohol Amazon. based one. Yes, 60% alcohol yeah. based. Uh, Wait, okay. and so she gave me the link, so I right, bought some yeah. now <laughs> and I'm using
2: it. But no, but. I <laughs> start drinking but,
4: it.
0: Georgina, like some of those wipes, like for example, the wipes, uh, I can't remember the names of them, but unless they're alcohol based, mm. they're right. pointless. They All the ones that are like alcohol free. That's so like, not going to do anything.
2: Yeah, that's the whole thing, too. Baby wipes, organic. Yeah. You know, p- plastic bags are back, even though everybody hates plastic bags. You know, they're back in stores here because they're safer. I don't know. You can't bring your own you can't bring your own bags to shop here anymore. No, I'm not going to murder the
0: earth in the process, but...
4: It's, well, yeah, but it's, everything's on hold to save the world before we yeah. then save the world.
1: Yeah, uh, you to Before <laughs> we save
0: the world,
4: right? <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's just Speaking crazy. of,
0: uh, oh, sorry, just to, mm. so Amazon uh, just landed FAA approval for their drone program, for drone delivery. Mm. I oh. think last time we were talking, we were talking about Walmart, right? And how Walmart was basically set up for times like these because they already have essentially the distribution mm-hmm. um, centers, which are their stores. Uh, now Amazon's kind of firing back with this drone uh, program, and basically that's just a drone delivering your package to your front door. There goes delivery delivery guys gone.
2: Um, oh, flies over drops a box on my front porch. That's nice. Yeah. While it's looking away, and, right? <laughs> but the technology is advancing. Asian I, I, Asian went,
4: I went to a retail tech event last year in London and there was a guy um, who's a retailer in Iceland and a drone delivery guy. And apparently Iceland's right for it because there's uh, hmm. not a dense population. They're scattered across the whole island. So it's great. And they were saying that within 18 months, drones will be able to deliver 100 kilo refrigerators. Uh, over a hundred kilometer distance, which is sixty what? miles. Wow! So, so been under the, it. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the advancements of the technology See? is such that they'll be able to deliver virtually anything. Then the challenge is, how do you monitor flight paths of drones? You will have mid-air collisions with two fridges colliding and crashing to the ground and stuff. So, you know, suddenly you need flight control for drones at a level below the airport. Aeropl- mean, yes. Yeah.
0: So, so that's literally what just happened here with with Amazon was the FFA, FAA approval. So
3: yeah,
0: uh, the Fed Federation, the um,
3: uh,
0: Federal authority. Aviation Association so yeah. Authority. Yeah.
3: authority. In in, so in Singapore,
2: today, I, di- I didn't see the whole program, but something happened today. A guy was flying a, something, some little airplane or a lawn chair or something, and a bunch of planes called him in. So you know. Well, we,
4: we had in the UK last year um, some protesters, I think they were eco-protesters, were flying drones in the restricted airspace around, I think it was either Gatwick Airport, one of the major airports in London, yeah. and they closed it down day after day um, because these yeah. drones were, were flying into the airspace and they had to close everything down because if it went into one of the engines, it, it could crash a plane. Yeah so yeah, yeah there's, there's a whole level of security and control that needs to so you not only develop the technology for the drones but then you've got to develop the safety to ensure that right. they're not going to be colliding it's with it it's never
2: it's, it's One, never Jerry? gonna
3: it's never gonna take off this kind of uh drone delivery is not gonna take off in singapore just because you know 80 90 percent of listen live in high-rise flats yeah. so there's no yard to drop it and uh, more importantly, because we're so small, um, you need to get a license to be able to fly a drone. Because mm-hmm. we're so small, everywhere is an airspace. And uh, yeah, there, there have been there have been people caught, or you know, um, I I can't I can't remember, but the people been caught who were flying drones uh, illegally. Uh, yeah, threatening the airspace. But I don't know, planes are all grounded now, so uh, we'll see. You'll we'll see. I, I heard. So I mean, Jeremy, these... you can't open your
0: window and have the drone fly in. <laughs> That would be ideal. For, 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 I need uh, Q-tips for, and it's just going to fly into my bathroom. You, not, you can see neighbours
4: hijacking deliveries by reaching out with nets and, and grabbing your <laughs> drone delivery before it got to your window. But, but these, out, these delivery guys were all talking about what they call the last six feet. And it's the last six feet of the delivery that is the hardest bit. Like you say, you can pull up at the building, yeah. but how do you get it from the building actually into your hands? And that's the bit that's the, the, that they haven't mastered yet and is not cost effective. Uh, and that like you say—that's the challenge.
2: in our yard.
4: That's all right. He's delivering a nice present, so we'll, we'll accept it. True.
2: That's
1: really true. Though. It is the last six feet, and I'll tell you mm. why. Uh, I have a friend that does drone work for the government, and mm. he said that he could fly a drone and hover it right in front of your window. Very small, by the way, and with a microscope and microphone can hear exactly, or some kind of a vision that he can get into the house. Mm. But he also said that um, the changes in the location are what are really critical. For example, if there were people putting up new poles for electrical lines or telephone lines or whatever, uh, that might not be picked up, and that could be a real crisis. And so mm. when you say the last six feet, I'm thinking probably it's like 60 feet because things happen, and yeah. people can do what they – they could stick a – Poland in the air for a flag yeah. if they want. And that, that could yeah, be dangerous. becomes an obstruction, doesn't it? I think,
2: yeah. Jeremy, you, yeah. Talked on, you talked on LinkedIn today and you were asking about when the last time you, you traveled for leisure and that you and your wife were watching YouTube videos and people walking around. Yeah, literally. To to you on a weekend.
4: Tormenting yourself, Jeremy, with all uh, yeah. that freedom <laughs> <of> movement.
2: <laughs> That's a Just curious. Okay, then you started talking about... Um, reserve starbucks reserve roastery remembering the pre-pandemic experience
4: (laughs) i thought that was a live post i thought what are you doing in tokyo right now you
3: know what you know what it it so happened that i shot it for a year and i procrastinated editing it uh you know there was some time yeah it was exactly in september i had a family holiday so i made a point to shoot there because i previously covered the one in shanghai so i thought it's a good comparison you know so so uh, I shot it and then, you know, work took over and then the pandemic came and I just didn't have the mood or the good chance to show something. And coming in, you know, it's, it's almost one, it's exactly one year and having seen those YouTube uh, videos of people just taking a camera and introducing, oh, you know, this is Tokyo, Shinjuku on a busy weekend, what used to be a busy weekend, you know, long weekend, but there's nobody. And then that's sort of like, wow, I really want to visit tokyo again but i can't and i thought yeah maybe that video could do some people good and elevate some yeah. of the you know wonderlust.
4: <laughs> i thought it was great yeah it's
2: and my, and it's my favorite
4: city as well I, and i love awesome.
2: that
3: it's
4: every, every awesome. yeah.
2: yeah you visited one last year rich and i went to the one in chicago, chicago. which is the largest one in the world that's it, the most yeah, recent one isn't it yeah. Did that only open recently yeah yeah december
3: 20 2019,
2: I think. Last year, yeah. It's in a crate and yeah. barrel store, and it's beautiful. I think it's it's three or four levels. Well, Starbucks, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, announced that they're going to start putting in meeting areas into their stores. So you know how yep. people go now, and they get a table, and they sit there for you know seven hours and, and nurse two cups of coffee? Well, now you'll yep. be able to rent space, or some of it might be free rent space for a certain period of time and the first thing I thought of was that one in downtown Chicago because it's gorgeous and it's right on the Magnificent Mile which is our main street that's been looted three times and I thought how great would that be have that as a temporary office go down and meet and go down and meet there on, on one of those floors because it's but they're they, doing that in Asia already aren't they Jamie? they
3: have done that in Ginza yeah Ginza um Ginza Tokyo as, they're as well so ahead yeah. of us they are ahead yes which, which made a lot of sense because, uh, you know, the, the, the people working from home in Tokyo where their houses are so small and cramped, that's a nice uh, alternative. They can get out of the house. They have a nice place to sit and work for the price of a coffee or maybe two if they stay there for long. Uh, but it's just such a great idea that doesn't, doesn't betray what um, Starbucks has always been about, right? The third space. If they have converted everything downsize and just make it into a takeaway, then... I think starbucks would have lost its appeal mm. you know post pandemic so i thought it was a brilliant idea yeah the, the
4: reserve roasteries are, are just a work of art like you i've been to shanghai and tokyo and my friend my italian friend when he was in milan sent me a two-minute video of, of the italian one in milan which is stunning and they're, they're just incredible spaces they're beautiful they use local architects they use local craftsmen and materials so they really do embrace it and it's a great example of how to really create a a memorable space that makes you want to go back and visit
3: again um
4: i I think think, i think i
3: think think i've ever read a feature about the the team i think starbucks has a team of about 100 over international designers yeah so um not just a roastery even for different outlets they really go and check out the surroundings I think areas, they try to create a space that is uh, localised and specifically special to the culture or the, the, the yeah, surrounding area. And I think that's just so incredible. The, the one I'm looking forward to ever visit will be the one in Bali, the, the Reserve roastery in Bali because I, I think I saw some pictures and that looks absolutely amazing as well. I don't know is why I'm Bali, making a series out Bali
4: it. or the coffee shop you want to go to? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the, the
3: roastery honest. in Bali.
4: <laughs> yes. The well, roastery in Bali. You're, You're going to go on holiday a, to, to Bali and claim tree, it on expenses, yeah. aren't you? That's <laughs> what it is.
3: You can't, go I can't.
2: And we're going, hey, maybe there's one in Cleveland. And so-
0: hey, before, before, just to, um, I, I was wondering, since we got Jeremy and Ian, last podcast, I ended it by saying there was a topic that I wanted to make sure that we discussed, that I felt like we couldn't ignore, which was contactless payment, because I feel like this is something that is not going to go away. It was kind of up, coming up, sort of there for a while now, um, at least here in the States, Um, for a few years, um, where you have things like uh, Google Pay, you have Apple Wallet, PayPal obviously has been around for a while, Venmo, um, but stores utilizing these contact forms of payment, and now the general consumer using them in bulk. Now it's actually happening uh, everywhere, I see, is signs saying, if you have Apple Pay, or if you have Google Wallet, or if you have something, pay with that rather than handing cash, um, credit cards for the safety of the people working at the store. Um, So I wanted to bring it up because I would love to get the take of our experts on, you know, what do you think? Is this a a fad? Is this a trend? Or is this something that we're going to see post-pandemic? Because I think it's so easy as a consumer. I forget my wallet. I could just pay with my Google Pay or my Apple Wallet.
3: Right.
2: Okay, first, um, as long well as it's not a number tattooed on my arm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, <laughs>
2: yeah. I
3: think I think, I think think with the pandemic, it's gaining traction uh, over here in, in Singapore. I think the only problem for Singapore is we don't have like a unified payment method, right? There's just so many different ways, right? Uh, you know, your, your Google Pay, your Samsung Pay, uh, your Apple Pay. And it's just too many mm-hmm. different formats. However, um, Uh, although we like to think that we're really advanced as a a country uh, you know this electronic payment thing i think there's still uh, a split between um, people who use it and then people who just don't adopt it right due to pure you know maybe the the less privileged people or uh, older folks Um, so there's actually a drive in singapore whereby you know anyone can just sit down with a digital um, teacher teach you how to teach the um, elder generation Mm -hmm. how to you know use their mobile phones to To watch YouTube To do all these things That prevent them From going crazy With all the lockdowns And I think Digital payment Would probably Slowly um, In in time Be more um, Adopted widely However However Even pre-pandemic If you look at China It's everywhere That's the only way To pay I I, I recall Mm -hmm. Going to China And I take out cash And they give me This dirty look You know Can you pay With WeChat Pay It's like Suddenly I, I, I look like a dinosaur and I recall um, hearing this over on the radio, um, this little story um, uh, about uh, this guy who went to um, Hangzhou. I think it's probably the second richest city um, around, in, around uh, Shanghai area. Uh, he went to look for a job, but he couldn't get one. So what he did was he, he, he stole a hammer and started smashing uh, car, car windows and tried to look for change in, you know when they pay for toll and all that. And guess what? He couldn't find any money. And he got arrested for the little thing that he stole because nobody kept cash anymore, right? And, and, and that was just a perfect story of how far China is ahead with all digital payment pre-pandemic. Yeah, so so it's, it's just funny because uh, uh, Singapore is so far backwards, but you know in, in China, it's just, a, it's just a daily thing. I, I yeah. remember being
4: in Shanghai 18 months ago, my first trip to Shanghai, and the buskers were out there, and they, it, the payment was yeah. a WeChat QR code. They didn't take even beggars. To, they took <laughs> wow. payments via wow. even That's beggars. That's crazy.
0: We
2: have, beggars. We, have, we have them on every corner.
4: Incredible. That—that that was when I knew I'd, I'd come to see how Asia really did interactions and, and, and yeah. payments and stuff. But I mean, no, the we, U- sorry, I was, I was just going to say in, in the UK, I see people using things like Apple Pay, but it's not promoted a lot i mean we have what we call contactless payment which is debit card so it's like a credit card but goes straight out of your your account it doesn't go into a credit card bill straight out of your account mm-hmm. and there is contactless payment set up in virtually every shop with the 30 pounds limit and when the pandemic hit they've increased it to 45 pounds so that's only the real weave the real big Wave
2: your card yeah you, you, you we've tap got, it the onto we've a finished, machine yeah. Yeah, this, um, and it, and it makes you. the
4: payment. So it oh, yeah. well, activates the chip inside the card. Um, so they've increased up to 45 pounds, which to be honest was overdue anyway, because 30 pounds was incredibly limiting. You know, you couldn't buy your groceries with, with contactless. Mm-hmm. So it's gone up to 45, which is probably still not enough. But yeah, things like Apple Pay are not being overtly promoted as a suitable method of payment. I haven't seen anything from the government, you know, promoting, you should pay like this. You know, and I had a situation the other day when I paid contactless and it wouldn't accept the card and I had to press the buttons. And it was really odd because it just felt dirty pressing the buttons. <laughs> but you know. it was psychological because I paid for my gas and that was like £80 and I knew I'd have to press the buttons and I was happy to do so. But, you know, so I was still pressing the buttons for, for bigger purchases. But yeah. it just felt weird when I was expecting contactless to go, oh, I've got to press these dirty buttons.
2: You know, it's interesting that you say that because that this was a topic on – retail wire a couple weeks ago and rich and i are are part of their brand trust and um we i commented on it and i i think that you know contactless a lot of it has to do with what else can the banks do to get more of your money because it costs more (laughs) costs more for the retailer but a guy came back who was a, a guest poster he came back and he and he wrote this big scenario about okay so you go to the store, you take your credit card out, you hand it to the cashier, you stick it in the slot, you pull it out. It's got the germs now from either the cashier or from the machine you pulled it out of. You put it back in your wallet, you've touched everything as opposed to just scanning your card and it goes back in your wallet and no one's touched it except you. And I think that's going to be a big thing, but yeah. it's cost to retailers here, you know, who, who, have a a lot of them have a hard time even taking American Express because it's it costs this much more than MasterCard and Visa to accept you know I don't know that I don't know that we're there yet are you seeing it Jason
0: yeah yeah I mean I am here um I think you're right I think the banks need to do a better job of making this an affordable method because I think it should be the preferred method I think China I mean is obviously way far ahead of where we where we are um but I think we're starting to see the beginnings of it i mean the the walgreens by me the the pharmacies near me um are recommending apple pay and they're recommending these contact for contactless forms of payment um in addition to just pay ahead and pick it up um that's the other method but i mean it's there the the technology is there um i think it's a it's a shame that it's not uh easy to for the uh, retailer to be able to set it up because it comes at a cost we shouldn't put a cost to the safety of everybody i think and and it goes beyond this pandemic i mean cash is disgusting it really is yeah. uh, i years send ago i saw um what
2: Send it to me <laughs>
0: yeah oh okay yeah here i'll just send all ca- George Ann no, will take all your really dirty
4: cash she doesn't ride yeah. <laughs>
0: My my money is dirty oh, for I other reasons. Man,
1: huh?
0: <laughs> 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 I saw I saw Frank Abagnale speak. The guy, Catch Me If You Can, uh, yeah. that movie that it's about him, and I saw him speak years ago. And he said the the best way to pay still, you know, back when I saw him was credit card. He's like because you don't have to pay it right away. You can wait. You don't. You know, if something happens, you can always dispute so, the charge. Sure, so come straight out of your bank account. Those are it's a, it's not a check, which can easily you know. There's so much fraud. But I think that when they make these sites so secure, like a Google Pay and Apple Wallet, and you know, I think we're starting to see them get tested, but I think those can be just as secure. And good old cash is disgusting. It goes through so many people's hands. It's not cleaned. It's, uh, it's filthy. But it's it's,
4: it's, it's used with suspicion. I mean, I have a friend who sells high-end yeah. watches, and he says he has people turning up offering to buy a $10,000 watch for cash. And he's going, I can't. You know, he says, if I, if I walk into the bank with $10,000 in cash, to say, can I put this in bank account? They'll arrest him, you know, because who walks mm-hmm. around with lots of cash these days? You
2: know, when I, was, when I first started my career, I went into a she-she-foo-foo department store to buy a coat. It was the 70s. The coat mm-hmm. cost $250 plus tax, which was a lot of money in the 70s. But I wanted that coat, and I was working. And the lady was really rude to me. So I wanted the coat, I went to the bank, I got $300 in unrolled dimes, carried them in, put them on the counter and yeah. dumped them out of the bag and said, I'm buying the coat. Oh no, you
4: do oh, not. I, we about to I like used to work moment where you went to the other shop and then came back with the, with the bags and rubbed them in her face.
2: I you know, the I I, we've watched. all seen. I watched that snotty woman count out $287 plus okay. tax.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I don't support this. I don't support this. Okay, it, it for all of us I started my career in retail, you know, front end, Two. register, right? Customer service and then front end manager. And you were the customer, Georgian, that I would have kicked out of that store, you oh, give wow. me a roll of
4: But in in the, in the UK, count. I don't know if it's the same in the US. But in the UK, oh. retailers are not legally obliged to give change. <laughs> So, so it'd be one really? of those things. Yes. Yeah, not, I mean, it's not very—it's not very good business to refuse to give change. But what you're was not leading a Terrible. That's so, true. if I was that lady, I'd—I'd have, I'd have kept all the extra dimes and not given anything back to George. I we mean, probably oh, would have been I, about two dollars fifty. But
2: uh, I gave her the exact amount because I knew how much it was going to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She was really rude to me. She looked at me like I was a piece of crap who shouldn't be in her expensive store. And you know, I was probably like nineteen years old. <laughs> she was starting to aggravate me and then she pissed me off
4: and that's how you fell yeah, in yeah, love no, with note to
0: everyone don't <laughs> piss off george ann off.
4: yeah <laughs> and yeah, you, you decided to work off. in this industry for the rest of your life after I that wonderful experience here's, <laughs> a, here's the thing i
0: know i sound crazy with the cash i know i sound crazy but I, i'm just so happy i don't have to shake anyone else's hand i say it like yeah. every podcast i'm i'm so glad the handshake is gone and the hug is gone formalities. Yeah.
1: You know, uh,
4: you're sort of, like you're a, not a social a person, are you, Jason? You're just, you're just a hermit. Yeah, this you want to stay away from
1: humans. germaphobe's
0: dream is this.
1: A friend of mine, a friend of mine <laughs> has a friend who is an FBI agent, and we were talking about money and how dirty it is. The FBI agent said, literally, probably 80% of the paper money you handle will have traces of cocaine on it. That's yes, awesome. I heard
4: that. I heard that. You have some amazing connections, Rich. You you like connections to the underworld <laughs> and the secret service. He does. He has you're a man to stay to on the good side of, isn't it? If, if, we, piss, <laughs> if we piss off Rich, he'll, he, people will turn up in dark coats and sunglasses and we'll never be seen yeah, again.
1: Yeah, they say Rich sent me. Good
4: thing I'm far away. Personally, I don't care what everyone else says. I well. think you're great, Rich. I think you're fantastic.
2: Speaking of...
4: Well, we have a lot in common. Look at us—the glasses, the hair. Oh, exactly. But, Come on, Jeremy, Jason, before, you'll keep up. Money. We have a look for this podcast now.
0: Trust me, there's nothing in the back here. This is all. <laughs> this is uh, This is just like uh, the front. Uh, before we go on, I just want to say this was really fun. Uh, it's great having you guys on, Ian and Jeremy. I think we should have you guys on more often. Uh, oh, it's I so it. much fun. As
2: long as they want. More,
0: more than yeah, happy to. I, more I have nice. to go. Yeah. This is. This is awkward to leave uh, your own podcast, but I have to go.
4: That's Um, right. We've got loads to talk about you once you're gone, so we'll be fine.
0: I was just going to (laughs) say, please talk as much as you want about me. Make fun of my uh, my germophobia. It's not. I am a very social person. Just don't touch me.
3: (laughs) 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 All right.
2: Like that beforehand, because I'm a hugger, and Jason would always like back into me, and I'd go, "Will you just freaking hug me?"
0: <laughs> it's just a, this is a social norm that should not be normal. It should not be normal to just go hug people. Give me yes. my space.
4: Did you, did you have a traumatic childhood, uh, Jason? Is, is there like clues yeah, well, let's in not your talk past. about my
0: childhood?
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> right, childhood it was
0: fine. guys. It was great to see you guys. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: I will let you. you
0: guys continue your conversation and thanks always for yeah. listening. I'm going to do the sign out now. But, uh, but then they'll do the real find out. All
4: right, I'll see it's you guys next Jason. time. Cheers, Jason. See you, Jason. Hang in there.
2: All right, I want to ask Thanks. you guys this. You see you, Jason. Here's the question now. So, on Retail Wire this morning, they asked the question: Will late, will the late Prime Day sabotage or catapult holiday spending? So, Amazon Prime Day is usually one or two days in July, one day in July. So this year they have postponed it. And I think they're saying in here it, it's going to be sometime in October or maybe later. And so the question is, if Amazon, in its search for total world domination, will Amazon mess up and the holiday its season next for everyone year. else, or you think no one will care?
3: What do you mm. think, Jeremy? It's Sorry, you say it's going to be postponed or brought forward? It's,
2: yeah, it was supposed to be in July. July, yeah. Now they have, um, they're saying that it's going to be, I'm trying to read this, that's why my head's down. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to be sometime during holiday sales, um, early October or November.
3: Hmm. The the reason is that because they think that nobody will be spending because of the economy, economy, or did they state any reason? Because, Logistically, it's not going to be the issue, right? Well, it's probably more about the economy.
2: I, don't, I think they didn't want to do it in July because of right. you know everything was closed and no one was leaving. Right. right. Weird, so, you know.
3: so uh, I don't know. It it, it it's complicated, right? Because I, I think uh, in in the uh, in the U.S. Um, the the shopping season um, Thanksgiving or Black Friday is not going to happen this year for some it of is. the.
2: Uh, it is. Right. Everything it is. It's still going to happen. Black Friday will happen, Cyber Monday will happen, um, Small Business Saturday will happen, all of those things will happen. So now, retailers, you know, our clients start planning early. Make sure that you yep. have something going on for each one of those days. That in the past, maybe you didn't do anything on Cyber Monday because you weren't selling online, but our independents now are selling on social media and they're selling online right. because of the pandemic. So we're right. saying get in there early. Be prepared. Be ready to go. Hit the ground running around Halloween, but um, this is going to throw a monkey wrench in because I don't know. Prime Day is a huge day. I don't know. Here's what I think. I think that,
1: you know, I have this this way of explaining it. I think the consumer attitude is it's your birthday. Here's your cake, yeah. but there's no icing on the cake. And they haven't had icing for a long time and that's not good that doesn't make the cake good so they've walked through all this and i think there's a lot of enthusiasm i'm not going to say pent-up demand but enthusiasm to give me back my normality and when amazon does anything they do it well and i think that what will happen is that the excitement of oh my god it's kind of like last year mentally i think they're going to come back and they're going to jump on it right away george and I don't think it's gonna hurt the second and third promotions that Amazon wants to run. I really don't, I don't because I think we have a consumer Amazon. that wants to get moving.
2: Amazon is going to excel no matter what it does. But how will this one big day happening smack in the middle of when people are planning their holiday shopping, you know, how will that take away from the chains here or
4: the independence, or... I think a lot of that comes down to that fundamental issue of the physical store against online. And I'm guessing, I have no knowledge on this, this is the first I've heard of this, but I'm wondering if it's been... As Jeremy said, there's no reason why it should have been delayed
2: because the the
4: resources, the logistics are in place. Uh, Nothing has dramatically changed with regards to the virus, lockdowns and things like that. I'm just wondering if it's designed to be closer to Christmas to kickstart the holiday season. I just think I'm, that, ge- I'm guessing, you know. An I think they response.
1: want the fireworks on the Fourth of July. You know, I think they want to come out with a big bang mm-hmm. and, and let everybody know we're in this game and we're going to run it.
2: Yeah. And total world domination. If if it's if yeah. it's slightly before if it's slightly before
3: all the Black Fridays and Cyber Mondays, then you know it will definitely because consumer spending you're not going to buy that. I don't know laptop or whatever you know uh, after you bought one from amazon on yeah. uh, Amazon prime day right so I don't know the way it positions it. I just feel that maybe um, it could be an economy reason that they are pushing it back hopefully you know uh, the economy recovers and people have more spending power so pushing it back makes sense, but putting it right before the other big holiday spendings uh, strategically so as to get the sales first, um, get the people spending once the economy hits, such that, you know, they'll take advantage of that and maybe spend then, before the holiday seasons, and then they'll be they capture a huge amount of the the, the pie chuck of the of the pie yeah. when, when the economy recovers. I just think it's strategic because nothing else changed. Nothing else. Yeah, you know, get get
4: in, in front of everyone else and take that yeah. spending money before right. you hit Black Friday. Yeah, that may be the case. And I they have the resources I, to sort of do that as well.
1: I think I wrote yeah, I'm a boxing fan. I love boxing. And I wrote round one and round two. And I think that's what it is. You know, you sit, you wait to see the fight. Round one is the biggest thrill. Round two is the next biggest throw. And I think that's what they're doing. And I, I think they'll pull some really, really neat items and prices um, out on each one of those promotions. I do. I think yeah. they're. And I, th- I think people will respond,
4: lot. you know, if you're worried about your money, you won't spend. And it doesn't matter what the deal is. Right. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, made redundant or you're not sure what's going on, you're not going to spend. So it doesn't really matter whether yeah. it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Prime Day, Christmas, whatever. You're just going to go, well, I'm halving my budget. I'm not spending money. Um, the well's
1: dry. The well's dry.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, getting oh, in yeah. a week before Black Friday is probably quite a shrewd move if that's when they're going to do it
2: they'll get they'll capture first dollar
1: yeah oh, they will they will they'll force
4: I
2: don't, it. Have, I don't have the patience to sit in front of the computer and look at all the different things you know I, I i still like
4: to christmas shop in stores well i do i mean there's been some conversation on linkedin about you know what's happening with this christmas and um you know certainly over here some of the issues that we have uh, there, there's a lot of issues against business rates the government tax for businesses which have keep going up and keep going up. They were a cash cow. That, that and petrol were easy targets you know, for, for a long time. Landlords have traditionally charged rent quarterly. So there's complaints about how high rent is, but you know, some people are starting to say, well, can't we do this monthly? Because having to pay three months every quarter is a big hit to cash flow. And, and you're starting to see that there's a whole number of things that sort of need to be revisited for the sake of everyone the government the landlords the the, the retailers all the peripheral support services they're all going to get slaughtered if we don't get this right so it's interesting that we're now facing a, a situation where this christmas i don't think is going to be a good one I and mean, that's probably no major revelation but it's almost like everyone is going to be looking at each other going well can we afford to do this you know for easter for the next summer for fall and for the christmas after we can't afford to keep doing this. So, you know, bizarrely, it's almost like they've got to fall flat on their face before they go, actually, we need to start looking at this again.
2: You yeah. Know, Christmas is a
4: chance to boost retail online and offline. You know, they, they should be right. working hand in hand here. You know, we, we've, seen, we've seen how when you open a store, the online sales go up in the air. We know there is a symbiotic relationship between them. So if these stores drive online sales for those products, then that's still a good thing. But it's like, how are you going to make these stores work? How are you going to make Christmas appealing to physical shoppers? And what are you going to do when they're in the store? Do you want them to grab products or you do, do you want them to observe and try and then go and buy online? Whatever. You need to understand that strategy now and start putting it in place to make the most of those high streets, uh, however you decide you're going to do it. And I, and it, I think it's a different solution for each person. You know?
1: I think just oh. a good question, too, is what happens uh, post holiday. What will happen with the economy, the purchases in store? Uh, I don't
2: know. That uh, I don't know. Business is business, right? Mm. You take what you can and, and business is business. But on the other hand, what a missed opportunity for Amazon to become beloved to people and communities by using their strength to do something to help this holiday season instead of trying to lasso it away from everybody it's it's difficult isn't it because i've
4: you know i've always felt that amazon found a niche in the market and they made it work you know and 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 you know people go it's not fair part of me sort of feels well go and do it yourself you know it's it's but 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 then also i am aware that you know some of these independents develop wonderful localized offers and amazon can just take them out of the market if they want to, which is not as nice. But my, my view is always people are going, I can't compete with Amazon. And my response is, well, don't try to be Amazon. What no, can't, can't they do? It. Focus on the things they can't do. You know, yeah. Amazon is convenience and availability. So you need to talk about curation, yeah. authenticity, hands-on experience, localizing, whatever they can't do.
2: What I'm talking about, though, is like Walmart here, for example. Walmart created kids camps. Mm -hmm. Walmart is donating to schools. Walmart has, and Target, the same thing. They've done, you know, a gazillion things since this pandemic started to endear themselves Mm -hmm. to communities to the point where even people who compete against them are softening.
1: Yeah, social purpose,
4: isn't it?
2: comes in on a horse with a a lance.
1: Not (laughs) just a transaction, but an experiential experience. Yes. yes. And a feel
4: good yeah. factor as well, which is worth that's its weight in gold. You know, feeling good because you feel that that retailer is doing the right thing. It will pay off mm-hmm. medium and long term as well as immediately. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges.
2: You know,
3: It just shows that Amazon is doing what it does well, right? Online is yes, faceless right. and cold. yeah and they've got
4: they've got very efficient at doing it it's it's like you know it's 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 like the tiger loose and complaining because the tiger eats you and it's like well who's surprised you know know that they they, and i'm not saying they're eating people but what i'm saying is amazon as you say amazon are very good at what we know they're good at doing and Uh, they're gonna uh, and it's like
3: why are you surprised you you know yeah exactly exactly amazon eats people yeah, maybe. oh maybe my god if-
4: yeah no, no 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 that's that's gonna come back and haunt me that isn't <laughs> it, it? Rich, it yeah <laughs> oh dear anyway, I'm, I'm, I mean, afraid I'm gonna i'm gonna actually have to go on that note i'm not running away to hide i actually have to go and collect child number two now right, from well, we're in
2: we're we're an hour here so i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up okay so, um once again this is the retail adventures podcast you can find us on on Apple and Spotify and every place you can find podcasts. We invite you to go and listen to what we have. There's another one on there with with Ian and Jeremy Um, subscribe while you're there. It was a a great rating. We love that.
1: One person called me and said, you know what? I've been watching this. I have never been bored. You guys crack me up. (laughs) Well, but at the same time, she goes, you know what? I gained a sense of new enthusiasm because I heard I'm not alone. That was the one thing she made the impression on. I learned Honestly. I'm not alone, that's and that's cool. That helps people come together. So, so our cool. guests
2: today yeah. were Jeremy C from Singapore and Ian Scott from the UK. You're going to be seeing more of them. I like the Kaiser Bender Baum Scott C team. So, we'll them <laughs> coming up in a in a another month. And you guys again, thank you so much.
4: Uh, It's my pleasure. Always a joy catching up with
2: everyone. The
1: the day is coming where the traveling show will be in person across the states (laughs) and all the conventions start opening up again.
2: When you can come here, guys, we have a lovely guest room with an ensuite. (laughs) Come on, you can stay with me. We
1: can top and tail, Jeremy.
4: We can top and tail, head to feet, yeah, when we, when we use this <laughs> thing. <Just>, no problem.
2: <laughs> uh, we'll give you both your own room.
4: Oh, thank you. Awesome,
2: yeah. thank you. Casa Bender in the, in the suburbs. Casa <laughs> Bender. I'm going to end this. Everybody say goodbye. Thank you very much. You. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, Bye. guys.